نحمده ونستعينه ونستغفره ونعوذ بالله من شرور انفسنا ومن سيئات اعمالنا من يهده الله فلا مضل له ومن يضلل فلا هادي له واشهد ان لا اله الا الله وحده لا شريك له واشهد ان محمدا عبده ورسوله ذلك الطيب بلانس الله وبيسيان سيك از اسيستنس اند فورجيفنس اند وي سيك ريفيوج ان الله فروم ذا ايفل اوف اور سيلفز اند ذا ايفل كونسيكوينسز اوف اور ديدز والله جايز ذيرز نو ون ذات كان ليد هيم استراي اند هوفر الله ليدز استراي ذيرز نو ون ذات كان جايد هيم اي بير ويتنس ذات ناثينغ ديزيرفز تو بي ورشيبد اكسبت الله الون and that he has no partners or associates and i bear witness that muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam is his slave servant and his messenger we like to begin this evening in this lecture lecture number 4 from the aqidah of ahli sunnah wal jamaah as it was explained by the great imam of the people of north africa of al maghrib الإمام أبي محمد ابن أبي زيد القيرواني رحمه الله. He began his book with these words of introduction: "باب ما تنتقو به الألسنة وتعتقده الأفئدة من واجب أمور الديانات." That this is concerning the things which should be pronounced on the tongue, and that which should be held as a firm conviction in the heart from the obligatory matters of religion and the first of them he said min dhalika al-imanu bil-qalbi wan-nutqu bil-lisani bi anna allaha ilahun wahid la ilaha ghayru and he went on to explain a number of points concerning this the iman that is in the heart the faith or conviction in the heart and that which is pronounced on the tongue to the effect that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is one God and there is nothing that deserves to be worshipped other than Him. In the previous lectures we have discussed some matters related to Tawheed specifically uh, and some matters related to the Tawheed of Asma wa Sifat, the names of Allah and His characteristics. And this evening, Bihidhanillahi ta'ala, uh, I would like to apologize for the fact that we don't have a handwritten note penned out concerning the text that we want to discuss this evening due to circumstances that were beyond our control. In any case, Al-Imam Ibn Abi Zayd has continued in this section discussing some matters related to At-Tawheed and specifically related to that aspect of At-Tawheed that the scholars of the people of Sunnah usually have identified and described as the Tawheed of Allah concerning Al-Asma wa Sifat, the names of Allah and His characteristics. Al-Imam Ibn Abi Zayd, he says in this section, concerning Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, وَلَهُ الْأَسْمَا الْحُسْنَةِ والصفات العلا لم يزل بجميع صفاته وأسمائه 
تعالى من أن تكون صفاته مخلوقة وأسماؤه محدثة Here, Imam Ibn Abi Zayd describes, or he mentions, he confirms two very important basic points concerning the Tawheed of Asma wa Sifat, that Al-Asma Al-Husna, the beautiful names, the names of perfection, they belong to Allah alone. The names of perfection belong to Allah alone. وَلَهُ الْأَسْمَى الْحُسْنَى وَالصِّفَاتَ الْعُلَى And likewise the characteristics or descriptions or qualities, the lofty, exalted, sublime qualities of perfection belong to Allah alone. And this is one of the great aspects of a tawheed, tawheed of the asma of Allah and his sifat. That is not well known to many of the Muslims today. Indeed, the most beautiful names and the perfect qualities or characteristics belong to Allah alone. لَمْ يَذَلْ بِجَمِيعِ صِفَاتِهِ وَأَسْمَائِهِ That Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala was always having or possessing these sifat, these characteristics and these asma, these names. Allah always possessed them. There wasn't a time that he was not described by these characteristics or qualities of perfection or these beautiful names that are the names of perfection. He always was described by all of them. Ta'ala minan takuna sifatuhu makhluqatan. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is far removed and high above and he is free from the idea or the possibility that his sifat or his characteristics could be created. It is beyond the possibility that the characteristics of Allah that they are created because his sifat, they are part of him and they were always with him. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, everything that is a part of him is part of the creator. Therefore, they cannot be created. Likewise, asma'uhu, it is beyond the possibility. Allah is high above and far removed from the possibility of his characteristics, his sifat being created or his name being newly invented, yani something that came after they didn't exist. But those were his names always. There wasn't a time when he was not having these names, but he always had these names. Yani they are not something that came into existence after they were non-existent. This is the first statement from Al-Imam Ibn Abi Zayd and the Sharih, the explainer of this Aqeedah, Shaykh Muhammad Al-Khumayyis, Hafizahullah, may Allah protect and preserve him. He said concerning the statement of the Imam, وَلَهُ الْأَسْمَى الْحُسْنَى That Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he is the one who has the right to the most beautiful name. This is as Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says about himself in the Quran in Surah Al-A'raf, chapter 7, verse 180, وَلِلَّهِ الْأَسْمَى الْحُسْنَى He said about himself that the beautiful names, they belong to Allah. فَدْعُوهُ بِهَا Therefore, call on him or supplicate to him by these names, الْأَسْمَى الْحُسْنَى If you want to call on Allah, call on Allah by his beautiful names. وَذَرُوا الَّذِينَ يُلْحِدُونَ فِي أَسْمَائِهِ And leave those who deviate concerning the names of Allah. يعني who deviate from the correct belief concerning them. 
concerning the names of Allah, who deviated in the manner in which they apply these names, or in which they explain them, or the rules concerning them. Leave them for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Allah, the Most High, He has named Himself with these names. And His Messenger, His Noble Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa have named Him with these names. That means that these names are, as we said previously, from the rules of Asma wa Sifat, that they are tawqifiyah. They are not to be made up by the intellect of the human being using rationale. But they are names which can only be taken from the revelation, from the Sharia, from the Quran and authentic Sunnah. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has named himself with these names. And his noble prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa have named him with these names. Therefore, it is obligatory on us to name him by them. Therefore, it is obligatory on every Muslim to name him and call on him by these names, subhanahu wa ta'ala. And these names indicate the meanings of greatness and glory and majesty and perfection and beauty in a way that is suitable, in a way that is fitting to the majesty of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. These names indicate meanings. The names of Allah, they are not only names that refer to His person that we call on Him by, but also they indicate meanings. That means that there is a meaning for each of those names. The meanings of greatness and glory and perfection and beauty in a way that is fitting or suitable to the majesty of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Then he says, and this is important, he said, that whoever shares with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, whoever from amongst his creatures shares with him a name from amongst his names, whatever are the names of Allah, it is, we say, or it is said, as it is said, that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is Samirun, he is the one who is all-hearing, and he is Basirun, the one who is all-seeing. And the human being also has been created, hearing and seeing. The human being also has been created, hearing and seeing. However, this sharing in these names that are common in being applicable to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and applicable to His creatures, the sharing in these names is only in the expression that is used. Only in the expression. They only share in that the common expression is used for Allah and the, and the same expression might also be used for the human beings. However, in meaning, in reality, the reality of the meaning of these names for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala are different than the reality of those meanings for the human being. And this is just as there is a difference in the that or the person or the divine being of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, there is a difference between the that of Allah and the that or the being yani, of his creatures. The human being is different than the divine being. So just as the divine being is different than the human being, though both of, both of them are described by this expression of being, likewise, the names of Allah 
though they might be applicable, they might be used for the human being as well as for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, the meaning of them is indeed absolutely and completely in every way different. وَلَهُ الْأَسْمَى الْحُسْنَى He has the most beautiful names. وَالصِّفَاتَ الْعُلَى And the exalted or lofty or sublime characteristics or qualities. Likewise, he said concerning this, that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is described with every characteristic of perfection and greatness. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is described by every characteristic of perfection. And every characteristic of greatness is applicable to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So we affirm the characteristics of perfection for Allah. While we negate and declare him to be free of every, every characteristic of defect or imperfection. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will negate from him any characteristic that is imperfect. We do not describe him except by that which he has described himself and that with which the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam has described him with. And this is a basic rule that we mentioned previously that we describe Allah with that which he has described himself with and we don't go beyond that. That which he has described himself with in the Qur'an and that which the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam has described him with in the authentic hadith. This affirmation or confirmation or describing Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala with that which he has described himself with and what the Messenger sallallahu alayhi wa has described him with should be without making ilhad, without making ilhad in his sifat. That means that we should not deviate from the correct meaning of those names or those characteristics as they should be, as they are understood in the Arabic language, as they are understood in the Qur'an and in the Sunnah according to the obvious or the apparent meaning. Deviating in the meanings or in the interpretation of these meanings, it is prohibited. Therefore, we affirm them without such deviation. And we also, we don't negate, yani, as a result of deviation, yani, we should avoid this deviation so that we do not negate that which these names or these characteristics indicate, that which they point to. Nor do we explain them by other than their real meanings, yani, giving false interpretation, giving false tafsir, meaning explaining them in a way other than their obvious and apparent meaning, not making tahrif or ta'wil, giving it a distorted meaning or an interpretation that is not understood from the obvious meaning. Nor do we compare Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to his creatures in his characteristics. We don't make tashbih, making comparison between those characteristics which the human being might be described by, and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala might be described by, but we don't make a comparison between those descriptions, because the characteristic of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is a divine, perfect characteristic, or the same expression, when it is used for the human being, it is imperfect. Whoever imitates, or whoever, yani, 
makes resemblance or comparison between Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and his creatures has fallen into kufr. Here, this statement, it is similar to the statement of many of the scholars. And some amongst those who have stated this before him is Al-Imam Abu Ja'far al-Tahawi, rahimahullah, in his famous book of Aqeedah, Al-Aqeedah Tahawiyah. He has made a similar statement like this, that whoever makes a comparison between the characteristics of Allah and the characteristics of the human beings, specifically, he said in reference to the characteristic of al-kalam, or speech. Whoever said that the speech of Allah, it is the speech of human beings, making a comparison between them, then he has fallen into kufr. And the reason why we cannot make a comparison between them is because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has clearly stated in Surah Al-Shura, chapter 42, verse 11, لَيْسَ كَمِثْلِهِ شَيْءٌ That there is nothing like him. وَهُوَ السَّنِيُّ الْبَرْتِيَةِ While he is the one who is all hearing and all seeing. Then he said, concerning the statement of Al-Imam Ibn Abi Zayd, لم يزل بجميع صفاته وأسمائه يعني that he was always having all of these characteristics or qualities or descriptions and these names. It is not something that came to him after some time. But he was always described and he was always named by these sifat and these asma or these names. He said the meaning of this is that his characteristics, the characteristics of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and his names, they are azaliyah, azaliyah, they are eternal. They are not something that began at some point, but they were always there. They, he was always described and named by them. He said they are azaliyah, bila didaya, without having any beginning, kazatihi, just like his divine being. Just as his divine being doesn't have any beginning, likewise his name and his characteristics, they were, they are from eternity. They were always with him, never having been separated from them. And this is because the sifat, he said, they are a branch from the that. The characteristics of Allah, they are a branch from his divine being, meaning that they are connected to one another. They cannot be separated. And as Shaykh al-Islam ibn Taymiyyah said, uh, concerning this particular matter, that when we talk about the sifat of Allah, we apply to it the same principles as we apply to the that or the divine being of Allah. Just as everyone agrees and understands that Allah's divine being is not like any other creature, not like human beings or animals or otherwise, so likewise his characteristics are divine and they are not like the characteristics of any of his creatures. Then the Shaykh, that is the explainer, Dr. Abdurrahman al-Khumis, he said, it might be said, Yani, someone might say that this statement, that the names and characteristics of Allah are azaliyah, that they are from eternity without having a beginning. He said that it might be said that this is in reference to as-sifat as-zatiyah. As-sifat as-zatiyah. Yani, the characteristics that are related to his divine being. Yani, that are part of his divine being. He said that this might be related to his sifat that are related to his divine being, as opposed to the sifat al-fa'liyah, as sifat al-fa'liyah related to his actions, the action of ascending or descending or speaking and so on. He said that it might be said that this is in reference to his 
characteristics of his divine being, his face, his hands, his feet, and so on. As for astifat and fi'aliyah, but as for the characteristics and related to his actions, according to a group of the scholars, according to a group of the scholars of the Ahlul Sunnah, of the people of Sunnah, according to a group of them, it is the opinion of a group of the scholars of Ahlul Sunnah that astifat and fi'aliyah, they are as aliyah al-naw, hadithatu al-ahad. Some of the scholars, they said, Qadim al-Naw. Qadim al-Naw, meaning that as a type, the description as a type, it is ancient from the beginning. But, in terms of his actions, those actions that he does, he said that they are new in terms of every specific action when he does it. The meaning of this as simply as it can be expressed, is that in reference to as-sifat al-fi'aliyah, the characteristics of his actions, some scholars said that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, in his actions, there is nothing new as a type. It is something that was written from the beginning. However, when he does that action from time to time, throughout the, the time of existence, when he did it, each one of them is a new action that he does whenever he does it. This idea, which is the opinion, as he said, the opinion of a group of the scholars and the people of Sunnah, he said, however, it is preferable and it would be better that we avoid such new terminology that have been, that have come after the first generation of the Muslims. Yeah, I that expression or that terminology, that was not used in the first generation of the Muslims, in the time of the Prophet Wasallam and his companions, he said that it is awla, it is better, and it is more right that we should avoid such expressions. And this is true. Because it is a principle of the people of Sunnah that when we talk about the matters, especially of Aqidah, that we should only use those expressions that come from the Qur'an and Sunnah. Because the use of other expressions opens the door for misunderstanding and deviation from the correct opinion. Even if we understand what is meant by this expression and that it is correct in its meaning, however he is saying it is better that we avoid the use of such expressions. Then he says, the statement of Al-Imam Ibn Abi Zayd, Ta'ala, an an takuna fifatuhu makhluqatan wa asma'uhu muhdafatan. That Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is high, above and far removed from the possibility of his characteristics being created or his names being newly coming to him. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is pure and free from such an idea. He is highly exalted. And we declare Allah to be free from every type of defect, such as the idea that his sifat are created, that his characteristics are created, like the sifat of the created beings. We say that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's sifat are not created 
it is the effect of the created beings because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has created the creatures and he has created their characteristics but Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala his, his characteristics are not created they are part of him so we say that Allah is far removed from the possibility of his characteristics being like the characteristics of his, crea- of his creatures or his names being new names that have come to him like their names, the names of the creatures. In fact, rather we say that his names and his characteristics, they are from the beginning. Eternally, they were part of his divine being. And that they are that which branches out and is a, a part of his divine being. And that which comes really into existence after non-existence, it is defective. It is that which is not perfect. If it came into existence after having not existed, therefore we cannot attribute to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And it is not possible that any defect can come from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Allah is far removed from such. In fact, rather we say that He is described with every characteristic of greatness and perfection. And from those characteristics of greatness and perfection is the characteristic of, of al-azaliyah, that is, eternity. The characteristic of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala being eternal. In fact, as the Shaykh has said earlier that we should avoid those expressions, it is better to avoid those expressions which were not used in the first generation of the Muslims, in the time of the Prophet and his companions, So likewise, we say that it is better, it is better that we don't say that from the sifat of Allah is azaliyah. Because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has not used this expression in the Qur'an, nor has the Prophet sallallahu used it in the sunnah. Therefore it is better to say that Allah might be, we might use it as a wasf or a description, in talking about Allah, in informing about Allah, we might use such expression, but not to say that it is from his sifat. Because the sifat of Allah tawtifiyah. If it didn't come in the Qur'an and Sunnah, then it is not our right to say it is from his characteristics. And here, uh, there is a note related to this point. It is a comment of one of the great scholars of the people of Sunnah of our time, Sheikh Muhammad Nasruddin al-Albani, rahimahullah, in his brief comments concerning the aqidah of Al-Imam Al-Tahawi Rahimahullah when he was describing Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in the beginning of that essay he said that he is qadimun bila ibtida da'im da'im bila intiha that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is qadim ancient without having any beginning and he is always existing without having any end indeed the expression that he has used here qadim it is not from the names of Allah and for that reason, some scholars have criticized the use of this expression. However, other scholars have defended Al-Imam al-Tahawi, rightly so, rahimahullah, because he has qualified the use of this expression, saying, qadimun bila ibtida, meaning he is saying that he is not just ancient, but he is ancient without having any beginning. Therefore, he clarified what he meant by this. 
However, it is awla, it is preferable and better that we should say he is al awwal as Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said about himself, instead of using the expression qadeen. And likewise we say here that the expression azaliyah, even if we understand what it means, but it has not been used in the sharia, in the Quran or in the sunnah, therefore it is better not to use it or to, to explain or to claim that it is a sifa from the sifat of Allah. Shaykh al-Bani rahimahullah says, no, that this name Qadim, it is not from the names of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. But it is a name that was used by the mutakallimun. Yani those who used to uh, go to the extreme in their kalam in philosophizing and trying to rationalize, to explain the sifat of Allah. He said that Al-Qadim in the Arabic language that the Qur'an was revealed in, it means the one that was before someone else, or before something else. So he said, you say, هذا قديم للعقيق وهذا جديد للحديث. You say that this is قديم to that which is ancient, and you say that this is جديد to that which is new. He said, but this name has not been used in reference to the one who preceded others and whom no one has preceded him. Qadim, it is used in reference to the one who has preceded someone else or something else. That means he is Qadim. And in reference to that one which is Jadid. However, if in Arabic language it doesn't mean that one which has preceded others and there is nothing before him. Therefore, the scholars of the people of Sunnah have rejected this to be used as the name of Allah and said that it is more proper that we should use that which Allah has used to describe himself with, that is Al-Awwal, that he is the first. And as the Prophet wasallam in the authentic hadith said, he is the first one whom there is no one before him. And then he said that Shaykh Islam ibn Taymiyyah has confirmed this point in his book, Majmu' al-Fatawa, and the explainer of this book, Tahawiyyah, that he is commenting on, he has also added to this a point, saying that Ibn al-Qayyim, al-Imam ibn al-Qayyim, rahimahullah, in his book, al-Bada'i, he said that it is permissible, أنه يجوز وصفه سبحانه بالقدم بمعنى أنه يخبر عنه بذلك He said that it is permissible to describe him, not claiming that it is a sifa from the sifat of Allah that is in the Qur'an and Sunnah, but it is permissible to use as a wasf or a description when talking about Allah, informing about Allah, that we can use this expression, qadam, yani, that something is ancient or from the beginning, yani, without having any beginning. That which is before others without having any beginning, he said, because al-akhbar, I mean, talking about Allah or expressing something about Allah, the rules concerning this are open, they are wider than the rules concerning as-sifat, al-tawqifiyah. That is the sifat of Allah, they are limited to that which is in the Qur'an and the Sunnah, while uh, talking about Allah, describing Allah with some expression uh, that doesn't have any, any meaning, any bad meaning or any defective meaning, then it is allowed to do so. And this we have also discussed previously in the previous lecture concerning uh, what Shaykh al said 
concerning the use of the expression that for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. That. Yani the divine being. Then the Imam Ibn Abi Zayd rahimahullah concerning the characteristics of Allah he said from his characteristics it is al-kalam or speech. Kallama Musa alayhisalam bi kalamihi alladhi huwa sifatu dhatihi he said that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala kallama Musa bi kalam bi kalamihi that he has spoken to Musa with his speech alladhi huwa sifatu dhatihi his speech which is a sifa a characteristic of his divine being he said it is a sifa of his divine being la khalqun min khalqihi it is not a created thing from his creatures his kalam it is a sifa a characteristic of his divine being it is not something created from amongst his created beings as is the claim of one of those groups who deviated from the correct aqidah concerning this matter of jahaniyyah who said that the kalam of Allah the speech of Allah is something that he has created so here Ibn Abi Zayd he refutes this false idea and he says that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala spoke to Musa salam with his speech which is a characteristic of his divine being and it is not something created it is not something created and he said that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala appeared appeared before the mountain on the mountain from the greatness and the glory of Allah it was rendered to dust it, it crumbled to dust from the appearance of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala before the mountain concerning this statement Al-Imam Ibn Abi Zayd, his statement that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala spoke to Musa with real speech, that speech which is one of his characteristics, and that he appeared before the mountain when Musa salam, asked Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to allow him to see him. He said, look at the mountain, and if that mountain remains standing, then you will see me. But that mountain, it was crumbled to dust from the greatness and the glory and the majesty of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Here the explainer, Sheikh Muhammad Abdul Rahman Al-Khumis, Allah, may Allah protect and preserve him. He says, the statement concerning the speech of Allah, that it is a characteristic of Allah's divine being, he said this requires some explanation. Yani, this statement, there is some explanation that should go along with it. What is that explanation? He said that the speech, the kalam, the speech of Allah, from the perspective that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is described by it, that Allah is described by this characteristic of speech, that he speaks from the perspective of him being described by it, it is eternal and it is forever. That Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is described with the description of speaking. Because he didn't cease to be described by it, and he will never cease to be described as a speaker, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, this description of his, that he is mutakallam, that he speaks, it is a permanent, eternal and everlasting description of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. From that perspective, that Allah has described the speech, he said, it is a sifa zatiyah. 
يعني الإمام ابن أبي زيد he said that this speech it is a sifr of Allah's that his divine being. Here the the explainer he is saying that from the perspective of Islam, from the perspective of Allah being described with speech, indeed it is a sifr that here. It is a sifr of his divine being because. The sifat, the sifat of that tear are those characteristics that are never removed from Allah, that they remain with Him always, always were with Him and always remain with Him. As for the sifat al-fi'liya, they are those characteristics which are related to Allah's will, to the Mashiach of Allah, that He does whenever He wills, however He wills, in the way that He wills. So here he is saying, from the perspective of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala being described with the characteristic of speaking, it is a sifa that here, related to his divine being. From the perspective of this characteristic being removed or being done again and again, and that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala speaks whenever he wills and however he wills, from that perspective it is a sifa fa'liya. And from the perspective of it being of those things that Allah does whenever He wills, then in that sense we can say it is from the sifat al-fi'liya, yani the sifat related to His actions. The difference here being the sifat al-fi'liya are those things that always were with Allah and remain with Him. And the sifat al-fi'liya are those things that He does whenever He wills and however He wills. And it is related to His divine will. Concerning this point, just briefly, Sheikh Muhammad ibn Salih al-Ufaymin, rahimahullah, in his book Al-Qawaid al-Mithla, yani the principles, the noble principles that uh, are related to the names of Allah and his characteristics, in the fifth principle, he said that the names of Allah are thubutiyah. Or the names of Allah that are thubutiyah, that which is confirmed for him. And we mentioned this previously in an earlier lecture, that the sifat of Allah, I mean the sifat of Allah, that they are both thubutiyah and salbiyah. Thubutiyah, that which he confirmed for himself, and salbiyah, that which he negates from himself. He said here, Shaykh Al-Ushaymeen, rahimahullah, said that those characteristics which Allah has confirmed for himself are also divided into two types, zatiyah and fi'aliyah, as we have just discussed. And he said the zatiyah, as sifat of zatiyah, related to his divine being, are those which always were with him and always will be with him. He will always be described by them, such as al-ilm, knowledge, and al-qudra, ability, and al-sam, hearing, and al-basr, seeing. And al-izzah, might, and al-hikmah, wisdom, and al-ulu, loftiness, or highness, and al-azam, greatness. These are characteristics that are related to Allah's divine being that are always with him, and always will be with him. He will always be, and always were described by them. And for as-sifat al-fi'liyah, he said they are those which are related to his Mashiach, to his divine will. If he wills, he does it. And if he does not will, he will not do it. And this is like al-istiwa al-arsh, ascending above the throne. Allah does it if He wills, according to His will. And nuzul ila samaa dunya, descending to the lowest heaven of this world. He does it as He wills. And then He said, yeah, in brief, He said that also there are some sifat 
And one of them is the sifat that we are talking about now, the sifat of Kilam. Kalam, he said some of them, they are both, both Zati and Fi'liya. They are related to Allah's divine being, he is always described by it. And they are also related to his actions that he does whenever he wills. So they are both Zatiya and Fi'liya, depending on how you look at it. So from amongst those is Al-Kalam, if we consider the asal or the origin of kalam that it is a sifa or a characteristic of his divine being, then it is sifa that he is. Because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala always was and always will be described with speaking. But if we look at it from the perspective of it being an action that he does from time to time, whenever he wills, in that case we will say that it is a sifa fi'liyah or a characteristic of his actions because the speech because the speech, it is connected to Allah's will, he speaks whenever he wills, and with whatever he wills, as he wills. Here, the Sheikh goes on to discuss the statement of Al-Imam Ibn Abi Zayd, كَلَّمَ مُوسَى بِكَلَامِهِ الَّذِي هُوَ صِفَةُ ذَاتِهِ That Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has spoken to Musa with his speech. That speech which is a characteristic of his divine being. And just keeping in mind that it is a characteristic of his divine being from the perspective that he was always and will always be described by it. It is a description that will never be separated from him. From that perspective, it is a sifa that here. Otherwise, if we look at it from the perspective that Allah speaks to whomever he wills, whenever he wills, and however he wills, then from that perspective we will say it is a characteristic of his actions, sifa fi'liyah. So he said here concerning this statement that Allah spoke to Musa السلام, with his speech that is a characteristic of his divine being, it is like the saying of Allah, Kallam Allah Musa Taklima in Surah An-Nisa chapter 4 verse 164 that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala spoke to Musa with actual speech. And he has confirmed the fact that it is actual speech by using the nasdar, the infinitive, Taklima, wa kallam Allah Musa and Allah spoke to Musa, he confirmed that he means speech by saying, كَلَّمَ Allah Musa تَكْلِيمًا That is the confirmation that he means speech in reality, as opposed to those who try to reinterpret it, to distort its meaning, to give some other meaning. He said, it is real speech that is in accordance with the glory of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, His Majesty. And if it wasn't real speech, then there wouldn't be any merit or superiority for Musa السلام, by this description that Allah has given in the Qur'an. If it wasn't real speech that Allah in fact has actually spoke to Musa, then what is the superiority or the merit of Musa السلام, from this ayah in the Qur'an? That Allah has spoken to him directly, unlike the other prophets, except the prophet Muhammad وسلم, whom Allah spoke to him in the, on the occasion of the Itra and Mi'raj, when he ascended above the seven heavens. So this is a merit, or a superiority, or a special characteristic of Musa salam. And this is the proof that in fact he means that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala indeed has spoken to him with real speech. If not so, then there wouldn't be any distinction for the speaking of Allah to Musa over others. There wouldn't be any distinction for him. And the people of Sunnah, they say that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala always was a speaker, mutakallam, at the time when he wills, and in the way that he wills, bisawtin wa harfin. Yani that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala spoke, bisawtin wa harfin. 
with speech, yani that is heard. And that speech is composed of letters, yani words that are made up from letters. Yani with speech, sound that is heard, and letters that make up words. Not like the speech of his, yani Allah's speech is not like the speech of his creatures. But his speech, it is one of his characteristics. And his characteristics are not created. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala speaks. And that speech is one of his characteristics. And his characteristics are not created. Therefore his characteristics, therefore Allah's speech is not like the speech of the creatures. And whoever claims that the speech of Allah is created, then he has entered into disbelief. And whoever claims that the Qur'an is created, then he has entered into disbelief. He has fallen into disbelief. Rather, it is the speech of Allah. It is not created. It is the speech of Allah in reality. It is not a created being from the creatures of Allah. That is, the speech of Allah, it is not created like the created beings. But it is a characteristic of the characteristics of Allah understood in the way that it's suitable and fitting and appropriate to the majesty of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And quickly, here, a note concerning the statement here of Shaykh Muhammad al-Khumis that the speech of Allah, that he speaks whenever he wills and however he wills, bisawtin wa harfin. Shaykh Muhammad ibn Salih al-Taymeen, concerning this expression, which was used by many of the scholars of the people of Sunnah, in his explanation of the book of Aqidah of Al-Imam ibn Qudama, Lumat al-Itiqad, Shaykh al-Uthaymeen says, he discussed this point, and he says the proof that the speech of Allah is with letters, it is the saying of Allah, Ya Musa, inni ana rabbuka. He says, O Musa, verily, I am your Lord. In Surah Tupa, chapter 20, verse 11 and 12. And these words, these words, indeed, they are letters, and they are the speech of Allah. Yani the words that Allah spoke to Musa. Allah spoke to Musa, Ya Musa, in me ana rabbuka, verily I am your Lord. Indeed, Allah has spoken with words, and those words are made up of letters. Likewise, the proof that the speech of Allah is with salt, yani speech, it is sound that is heard, is the saying of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in Surah Maryam, chapter 19, verse 52. وَنَادَيْنَاهُ مِنْ جَانِبِ الطُّورِ الْأَيْمَنِ وَقَرَّبْنَاهُ نَجِيًّا That Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said, we called out to him from the right side of the mountain of Tur, and we made him to draw near so that, yani, we, to, as they, to speak to him, to convert. And we called out to him. And Najah calling out, and Al-Munajat, and he's speaking to someone closely, he said, This will not be except with a shout, with a voice that is heard. And what is more clear than that is the hadith of the Prophet, which is Sahih. It is narrated from Abdul ibn Anas, Abdullah ibn Unais from the Prophet ﷺ that he said that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will gather up the creatures 
فَيُنَادِيهِمْ بِسَوْتٍ And he will call out to them with a voice. فَيُنَادِيهِمْ بِسَوْتٍ يَسْمَعُهُ مَنْ بَعُدَ كَمَا يَسْمَعُهُ مَنْ قَرُبَ And he will be saying, أَنَا الْمَلِكِ أَنَا الْبَيَّانِ That Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will gather the creatures up on the day of resurrection. And he will call out to them, بِسَوْتٍ with a voice. It will be heard by the one who is far, just as it will be heard by the one who is near. And that hadith has been recorded in a number of places. It has been recorded by uh, Imam al-Bukhari in al-Adab al-Mufrad, and Imam Ahmed in Abu Ya'la in the Musnad. And so many of the scholars have declared that hadith at least to be Hassan, and from amongst them of the contemporary scholars, Shaykh al-Bani declared it to be Sahih. Also, the final statement, the final statement of Al-Imam Ibn Abi Zayd in this paragraph, he said that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala spoke to Musa with speech that is a characteristic of his that, his that divine being. And he also said, وَتَجَلَّ لِلْجَبَلِ فَصَارَدَتْكَ مِنْ جَلَالِهِ That Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala appeared before the mountain and due to his greatness and his majesty and his glory, the mountain crumbled to dust. He said this is like this statement, it is similar to the saying of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in Surah Al-A'raf chapter 7 verse 143 When Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala appeared, when his Lord when the Lord of, of Musa السلام, when he appeared before the mountain جعله دكن Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala caused the mountain to crumble to dust وخر موسى صائقا and Musa fell down and he fell down into a swoon into a swoon unconsciously يعني from the greatness and the glory of Allah shining on that mountain causing it to crumble and causing Musa السلام, to become unconscious he said that this statement of Ibn Abi Zayd is similar to this ayat in the Quran. It is taken from this ayat that when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala uh, appeared before the mountain, the mountain crumbled and it became leveled with the earth from the greatness of Allah and His majesty. For indeed, there is nothing that can withstand the vision of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala or seeing Allah in this world. But only the believers will see Allah without any harm coming to them in the paradise, in the next life. And this will be mentioned later in the essay of Ibn Abi Zayd. As for in this world, then there is nothing that is strong enough to withstand the seeing of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and haq, the truth. Then he says here, yani the explainer, he says, yani the summary of this section is that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has the most beautiful names and the perfect lofty characteristics. And that his names and characteristics, they are present with his pre- presence without them, com- without something coming into existence newly. And the characteristic of speech, it is a confirmed characteristic for Allah in reality. It is not allegorical or metaphorical, but Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala actually speaks as he wills, whenever he wills. And likewise, that nothing is capable, then nothing is strong enough 
to withstand seeing Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in this world, but only the believers will see Allah in the next life. How much time remaining before that then? Then the next point that Imam Ibn Ali Zayd mentions, which is brief, we can take it before the Adhan. This is related to what has been discussed up until now concerning the characteristics of Allah and particularly the characteristic of speech, halam, that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala speaks. Related to that, he also followed it by saying, وَأَنَّ الْقُرْآنَ كَلَامُ اللَّهِ لَيْسَ بِمَخْلُوقِ That indeed the Qur'an is the speech of Allah and it is not created. These two statements should be mentioned together, as many of the scholars of the people of Sunnah, including Imam Ahmed rahimahullah, said in his book uh, of Aqidah concerning this Usul Sunnah, he also said a similar statement that the Qur'an is the Kalam of Allah, and it is not created. That indeed the Qur'an is the speech of Allah, and it is not created. Fayabida, it will not be removed or destroyed. Wala sifatan mimakhlukin. And it is not a characteristic of a created being so that it will cease to exist or become extinct. And in the Quran, it is the speech of Allah. It is not something created that will be removed or destroyed, nor is it a characteristic of a created thing such that it will end or cease to exist or become extinct. It is not created, nor is it a characteristic of the created beings. The explainer, Sheikh Muhammad Al-Khumayis, Hafizahullah, may Allah protect and preserve him, says concerning this that the Qur'an is the speech of Allah. And this is like the saying of Allah in Surah Al-Tawbah, chapter 9, verse 6, وَإِنْ أَحَدٌ مِنَ الْمُشْرِكِينَ إِفْتَجَارَكَ فَأَجِرْهُ حَتَّى يَسْمَى كَلَامَ اللَّهِ فَمَّا أَبْلِغُهُ مَأْمَنَا That indeed, if one of the mushrikeen, the pagan disbelievers, if one of them seeks protection from you, if one of them seeks protection from you, then grant him protection, grant him asylum, give him protection, hatta yasma kalam Allah, until he hears the speech of Allah. Yani until he hears something from the book of Allah, the Quran, so that he will know about Islam. Give him asylum, hatta yasma kalam Allah, until he hears the speech of Allah. This is the proof that the Qur'an is the speech of Allah. It is the Qur'an that they will hear. If any of the disbelievers ask for asylum, the Muslims should give them protection until they can hear the word of Allah, the speech of Allah, the Qur'an, and know it is Islam. Then escort them to a safe place. And after allowing them to hear the speech of Allah or the message of Allah, then escort them to a safe place. Therefore, the Qur'an is the speech of Allah in reality. It has begun from Allah and it will return to Him. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has threatened the one who says that it is the speech of a human being. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has threatened the one who claims that the Qur'an is the speech of human beings. As some of the pagan disbelievers in that time, they accused the Prophet wasallam of taking these words from a human being who has taught them to him. They said it is the speech of a human being, it is not the speech of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said in reference to those who made such a claim, He said, سَأُسْلِيهِ فَقْرُ That Allah will cause him to be thrown into the fire. Yani the one who makes such a claim. Who makes a comparison between the speech of Allah and the speech of human beings, claiming that the Qur'an, the speech of Allah, it is the speech of human beings. 
And this is the claim of the Jahmiyyah. This is the claim of the Jahmiyyah, that the Qur'an is created and that it is not the speech of Allah. Here, Al-Imam Ibn Abi Zayd said that it is the speech of Allah and it is not created, so it will not be removed or destroyed. He said, لَيْسَ بِمَخْلُوقِ It is not a created thing. The speech of Allah is not something created, because every created thing has to go out of existence. No created thing can remain forever, unless Allah will. Every, it is the nature of the created things that they become extinct, that they don't last forever. He said it is not a created thing such that it will be removed or destroyed because extinction or being removed or cessation can discontinuing to exist, it is the characteristic of the created beings, unless Allah wills. So the created being, it is something that has come into existence newly and therefore it also has to be destroyed or go out of existence. While the Qur'an it is the speech of Allah and it is not created. It is the speech, it is the characteristic of Allah in reality. And here the characteristics of Allah, they are not created, therefore they will not يعني, become extinct. It will not يعني, end or cease to exist. And this is, uh, in fact, what he said is that these, this uh, characteristic of Allah, Al-Kalam, the speech or the Qur'an, the speech of Allah, it is remaining. It will remain as long as Allah remains. And Allah is eternal. Allah will never cease to exist. Likewise, the book of Allah will not cease to exist. He said it is not a created thing so that it will become extinct, nor is it a characteristic of a created thing such that it will cease to exist or end. He said the Qur'an is the speech of Allah. And this speech is a characteristic of the characteristics of Allah. Therefore, the, this characteristic, like Allah's, all of Allah's characteristics, they are remaining as long as He remains. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will always remain to be a speaker, whenever He wills, and however He wills. And His speech will never cease to exist or end. And this is like the saying of Allah. And He closed with this ayah. He said, it is like the saying of Allah in Surah Al-Luqman, chapter 31, verse 27. That if whatever is in the earth are trees, if all of the trees in the earth were pens, were to be used as pens, and even if the sea was used as ink, and it was increased or was added to it. There were seven seas added to it to be used as ink. Then the words of Allah would never be used up. They would never cease to exist. They would never end. Yani Allah's words would go on. And this is also similar to the saying of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in Surah Al-Kahf, chapter 18, verse 109. Uh, he's saying, قُلْ لَوْ كَانَ الْبَحْرُ مِدَادًا لِكَلِمَةِ رَبِّي لَنَفِدَ الْبَحْرُ قَبْلَ أَن تَنْفَدَ كَلِمَةُ رَبِّي وَلَوْ جِئْنَا بِمِثْلِهِ مَدَدًا Say, يعني Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is ordering the Prophet sallallahu to say that if the sea was used for ink for the words of Allah, for the words of your Lord if the sea was used for ink you need to write out the words of your Lord. Then the sea 
that would be used as ink, that sea, it would be used up, it would run out before the words of your Lord would run out. Even if you have brought another sea or the likeness of it to be used as ink. And this is showing that the words of Allah are endless, there's no end to them and they don't cease to exist nor do they run out. And he goes by saying concerning this that the speech of Allah will never run out, it will never cease. As for the speech of the created beings, then it will cease to exist. It will become old or forgotten or obsolete with the destruction of those who have spoken it. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala be high, far removed from the saying of the Zalimun, the wrongdoers. Yani may Allah be uh, far removed and free of any, uh, free from the ideas of the Zalimun, the Mushrikun, the disbelievers and the pagans and those who go outside of the bounds in describing Allah with that which is not suitable for him to be described with. And here he says that the summary of this section is that the Qur'an is the speech of Allah and it is not created. Uh, and that the words of Allah are not created and they will يعني, never cease to exist or never run out. And it is important to note here that some people have acknowledged or admitted that the Qur'an is the speech of Allah without acknowledging and admitting that the speech of Allah or the Qur'an is not created. And Imam Ahmed rahimahullah said, it is not sufficient for someone to say that the Qur'an is the speech of Allah unless they add to it the statement that it is not created. Because not only is it the speech of Allah, but we also have to acknowledge that that speech of Allah is not like the speech of the creatures which is created. The speech of the creatures is created and therefore it is not eternal, while the speech of Allah is not created. It is one of his characteristics, a part of him that is with him from eternity and forever. Uh, therefore, we should say, rightly so, that the Qur'an, it is the speech of Allah, and it is not created, it is from his sifat. Subhanakallahumma wa bihamdika, shadwan la ilaha illa anta, astaghfiruka wa tubu ilayk. Because of unfortunate circumstances that we have no control over, uh, we don't have a handout today uh, that you can refer back to. However, bi'idhnillah ta'ala, next week we will prepare uh, with some questions. However, if there are any questions or any matter that has been left unclear that requires clarification, then you can make any comments or questions or, question or corrections at this time. Now. 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 Something. Like. Is there any question or any comment? Uh, just the sisters, they, they said that uh, if we can mention the ayah about Allah speaking to Musa, it is in Surah An-Nisa, chapter, uh, chapter 4, verse 164. Well, actually, what the uh, if we can just stop for a minute for the other end.
And in the statement that was made concerning the, the general rule is that the terminology, yani when we want to discuss or express something related to the matters of aqidah, especially or matters of sharia, in general, the language that should be used or the expressions or terminology that we prefer, that is preferable to use as much as possible, is that terminology which has come in the Qur'an itself or in the Sunnah. Especially in the matters of Aqidah, and more particularly in the matters of Tawheed al-Asma wa-Sifat. Because this is the area in which many of the people have deviated by inventing or coming with new terminology that in some cases can be understood in more than one way. Therefore the matter is not left clear. While the Sharia terminology is clear, and the scholars have explained their meanings. For this reason, many of the scholars said that we should avoid the use of terminology or expressions that are not from the Qur'an and Sunnah, so that we will not leave the matter unclear and open for interpretation. Uh, here, what we mentioned here, that, was, that is the general rule. However, what the Sheikh has mentioned here, specifically, he was mentioning the fact that the statement that Al-Imam Ibn Abi Zayd said that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala was eternally always possessing his characteristics and names from the very beginning. And he said that uh, it might be said in reference to the use of the expression, uh, it might be said that this statement that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala was eternally being described with these characteristics and these names, he said that it might be said that this is in reference to a sifat of zatiyah. Because the sifat of zatiyah are those characteristics that Allah is always described by, and they are never separated from Him. He said some scholars, a group of scholars, uh, held the opinion that the sifat of zatiyah, it is in reference to this that we can say that they were always with Him. As for a, a sifat and fa'aliyah, According to that, that opinion, some scholars would say that if we understand the sifat and fa'aliyah, the characteristics related to Allah's actions, that in fact they are connected to His will, that He does whenever He wills. In that case, we will not say that these sifat, that they were, that they are with Allah, and that they were always with Allah, because they are something that Allah does whenever He wills. Okay? Here the shaykh is saying that some scholars have said like this. That this statement, that these sifat were always with Allah, it is in reference to a sifat of zatiyah, that he has always been and always will be described with. Not in reference to a sifat of fa'liyah, which he is described with it when he does it, as he wills, whenever he wills. He said that some scholars have said like this. And then he said, but it is preferable and it is better that we avoid, that we avoid the use of new terminology. That new terminology that he is referring to is not a sifat of zatiyah and fa'liyah. 
he is referring to those who said that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in reference to his sifat al-fi'aliyah the scholars describe these sifat fi'aliyah as azaliyat al-naw and hadithat al-ahad yani they said that the sifat al-fi'aliyah they use this description azilat al-naw or qadim al-naw to mean that they are characteristics of what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala does he was always described with it as a type of action but hadithatu al-ahad means that the individual actions of doing that whether speaking or ascending or descending that that is what is new that he does it whenever he wills this the, the terminology that they have used to describe this he is saying here that it is better that we avoid that we avoid saying that it is yani ancient as a type of action but it is new from time to time whenever he does however many of the scholars of the people of Sunnah have used such expressions in the past and until today uh, I remember Sheikh uh, Abdul Muhsin Al-Abbad Allah Yahfadhu the great scholar of Medina who is well known especially for his knowledge in Islamic Aqeedah when he was teaching the third year students in the College of Hadith in Medina he was using this expression and explaining it in this way he was using this expression and I have read in some of the books of Shaykh Muhammad ibn Salih Uthaymin that he has also used this expression so it is not something that we can say it is wrong to use it or it is forbidden to use it but the Shaykh is saying here that it is better if we can avoid the use of such expressions that are not that have not come in the Sharia it is better to avoid them as best as we can and Allah knows best Naam Naam what we mean to say is that in this universe there are two realities Al-Khaliq Al-Makhluq there is the creator and the creation Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala alone is the creator and everything else that exists is creation that means the creatures as well as their characteristics and their actions are created by Allah everything that exists in this universe is creation Allah, when He created the creature, He has created the creature with the ability to do what they do and the will to choose what they do and so on. Therefore, we can say that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He is the cause. Ultimately, while the human being is responsible for his actions because He has been told what is right and what is wrong and He has been given the right to choose to do right or to do wrong, therefore whatever you choose, He is responsible for it. From that perspective, the human being, he is the one who does his actions. But from the ultimate reality that Allah created the human being, and he created the ability of the human being to act, and he created the will that the human being chooses with. In that sense, we say that Allah has created the human being as well as his actions and his characteristics. So in that sense, we say that the sifat or the characteristics of the human being are created by Allah. Allah has created the human being and his characteristics. Everything that exists is the creation of Allah. That is the meaning of what we are saying. That Allah alone is the creator and everything that exists, the creatures and the actions and the descriptions or the characteristics, it is the creation of Allah. Ma'am? you have a question? Ma'am? 
Now they only have to mention the ayah from the Quran about Allah speaking to Musa. I need to mention the reference for it. We have mentioned the reference. Is there any other comment or question or correction of something that has been said? Then inshallah in the next week, we will try to provide the notes and the text of this statement that we have covered today and the questions with it, inshallah. Subhanakallahumma wa bihamdika. Ashadu an la ilaha illa anta astaghfiruka wa tubalik.